Welcome to Full Scope, a podcast designed to analyze the games that we love, headlines of music, and the movies we can't forget. I'm Ghost Wonder Burns, and my counterpart, Savon Morris, aka Savon Supporter, is back in the building. <laughs> I have some things to clear up. I've watched the podcast with you and Makai, and you know, I left some comments on all he social did, media platforms. It's, uh, I knew he was like, uh, we're waiting for him. All you guys were talking about was nonsense. <laughs> He's here to clear up things. He's here to clear up things. (laughs) We're going to talk about it here shortly. Mr. Brock Purdy, fan base of Brock Purdy. The fan base is here, man. They were riding. They're already in Vegas. (laughs) No, 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 no. no. You know what's crazy, Wellington? You've been riding the 49ers this entire second half of the season through the playoffs, and then you have them losing. (laughs) What's that about? Let's... Let's start there. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> That's insane, pal. <laughs> well, obviously, we got to do a Super Bowl preview and some NBA topics. Going to do some album reviews in the second half. Start off with thoughts on on, on the Chiefs 49ers Super Bowl. Um, the Chiefs defense, you know, they've been elite for the majority of the year. The 49ers offense has, you know, so many weapons at their disposal. I um, just kind of brought them back in, in their last few games. Um, and, you know, looking at this game, obviously, I mean, when we look at the X factor, I think Christian McCaffrey is going to be just so important for them um, huh. because he's he's a great runner, great pass catcher. He can do so many things to really diversify the offense. What are your initial thoughts on this game and what's going to be the key factors? Key factor for the 49ers is Kyle Shanahan. And I think mm. it starts with the play call. And they've been, he's been in this this predicament, this, this stage three times, right? One with the Falcons, one with the 49ers, and he's back with the 49ers. And he had a quarterback similar to what a quarterback he had now, Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm just going to put that out there. But I think it starts with the play calling. This Mm. You just said the Chiefs defense has played lights out, only allowing maybe like 17 points each game. Now, how do you you figure out how to, uh, one, game manage, not make mistakes, and have big plays? How do you get George Kittle started early and often? Because the, the last game, they did not get him started. He I think he had two catches that game. You have to get George Kittle started. I'm not afraid of Christian McCaffrey. I'm not afraid of Debo Samuel. It's George Kittle. And you see what he did uh, against the Green Bay Packers. It's just he's a different type of tight end. He's a, he's a Travis Kelsey. That's who you need to get started. And on the other side is George Kittle. I mean, not George Kittle, but Travis Kelsey. He's the X factor. He is that. You see what he did against the Lions? It was just, it was just crazy. Not the Lions. The Ravens. The Ravens. The Ravens. Sorry, what he did against the Ravens. It was just getting in people's heads, being able to get open, knowing what the defense is. I think he's one of the smartest tight ends in the league because he knows. Where to, to where to crease at? Where to stop the route? Where to find holes in the in the uh, the, the coverages? And the I IQ think he's is so the, high. The IQ is so super high, high. Obviously, everybody wants to say it's Patrick Mahomes. Uh, yeah, but he has to throw it to somebody. His wide receiving core is not as strong. And I think yeah. it starts with Travis Kelsey and then Isaiah Pacheco. I think he's going to be a different X factor as well for that offense. Him, he's continues to progress throughout the season and through the playoffs, running the ball really hard, finding the holds, not taking, not letting one defender take him down. And that's what we love in the NFL. That's what you love on the, in any level of football, not one yeah. guy taking you down. I think that's X factor, bro. In the 49ers, it's definitely Kyle Shanahan. How can you coach yourself? You're, <laughs> you, you lost two Super Bowls. One, it was horrific. It's a right. bad track record. <laughs> yeah, bad track, 28 to 3. And, 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 and then you you stop, you know, being aggressive play with your play caller. And then they can, you know, Patriots come back. We already know what that is. And 
it just came down to Jimmy not being able to sustain and, and go on a winning drive and win the game. But I think this time his play calling has to be different because of this Chiefs defense and what they've been doing throughout the playoffs and throughout the season. Has it has it surprised you? Because like with the 49ers, usually when they have deficits, it's like, oh, it's it's over them because they don't play good behind. Like the last two games, they've come from behind. Like how much does that surprise you? Or do you think it's one of those things where when you have an offense like that, you're always going to be able to be, be able to really stay within games? It's a, it's, it's a, it depends on the situation, right? Because yeah. it can either go one way. The offense can get you back in there and make create uh, – crazy plays like they've done all season or the defense can start creating turnovers and then that offense can get back into the swing of things. But I do think it starts with the defense take doing takeaways, um, uh, getting, getting to the quarterback, creating havoc in the backfield. I think that starts because I truly believe defense wins championships. And I think both of these defense have stepped up in big moments, especially with the 49ers against the Lions, that formal with Jameer Gibbs and, and a bunch of other takeaways. And then obviously you got the Kansas City Chiefs stopping the Ravens and that's a whole nother story. I just don't understand what do you why. think about that. I know, I know, like, I know them, we, them not we, running it. You know, I, I know, I know you weren't one off for that episode, but man, like, I watched that game crazy style line. I watched that game, uh, was watching the game with Tyler, and I was like, bro, why are they just not running it anymore? I was just like, what's going on? And like, this is their bread and butter. Nobody can stop them when they run the football. And it's just like, I like what I was talking about in the last episode, I was saying, man. It seems like Lamar Jackson's trying to beat Mahomes at his game. Like, oh, I'm going to show I can, I can be the thrower. I can be the it passer. It wasn't Mahomes. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't. It, it wasn't. Shoot, what's his name? What? It's this morning. It's all about morning. <laughs> it's always Saturday morning. Saturday morning. Our mornings always are always different. <laughs> Lamar. It wasn't Lamar. Lamar. It was the OC. Yeah. Man. No, I, I agree with you. I, I'm just saying, like, the, their their offensive strategy was just so befuddling. It was terrible. I like the words you use, but I'm going to use a simpler term for people who don't know that oh, word. Yeah. It was basic, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I was the baby, yeah, I'm just going to come up with <laughs> No, I mean, that's also, you know, like, but man, when you're the, I think they were a number one rushing tip offense and a top five rushing team offense. Right. And you only run, what, 12 times? Gus Edwards' first run was like 15, 16 yards. I didn't understand it. You weren't behind on the sticks. You weren't behind in the game to where you're throwing 83% of the snaps. You get to one of the biggest moments and you forget your identity. Who you are. Who you are. Who are you, Jason Bourne? Like, what? <laughs> what's going on? You forget your identity. Who am I? Who am I? <laughs> and then this offense is not, offensive line is not capable. Yeah. Of throwing 83% of the time. Because they were sending the most simplistic blitz and they could not pick it up. But even Odell, even Odell told Lamar, like in that in that sideline clip, he's like, hey man, like when you're running and you're you, like nobody can stop you. Like he was like, no. he was saying, like man, just it's different when you're when you know when you're being a runner. It bro, and, and then it looked like he was thinking too much. Run. He was he got in his head. Lamar, run. Don't be Jalen. You don't have to hold the ball open. You don't have to get the chunk plays. Get five to six yards. Live for second and third down. We can run the football. Like It's just a lot of things that played a role into them losing, and they still have the opportunity to so win. Honestly. Still. Now, 
that throw he made when it was four coverage in, in cover two. Now, that was a pass interference. I'll, I'll say that. But you do not throw that ball. You don't throw that. You lay it to fight another day. You run that. Triple coverage. For, yeah, triple, four, <laughs> quadruple. He's like, this, YOLO. <laughs> somebody's down there. Yeah, one person. And then five people around him. So <laughs> it was crazy. But I think it was four down territory. You don't have to throw that ball. It was just a lot of things. He was overthinking. And then the, the play calling was atrocious. I just I just didn't understand it. And then it made the Chiefs. I mean, uh, Chiefs. Uh, yeah, the Chiefs. Just... Man, that was that was the difference making Patrick Mahomes extended plays. They were getting to him now. They, they were. They, they, they were they getting to were. him. And and I I like the thing that that um I think the misconception with the second half because people were like, man, the Chiefs didn't score any points. I'm like, also they didn't really have to. It was like a no. game managing situation where Patrick Mahomes was like, and that's where he's getting into that Brady zone of like, hey, I'm just gonna manage the game when we have a when we have a, a comfortable lead. And, I'm, yeah. and, and unless I need to make those necessary throws like he did in Buffalo, I'm not mm-hmm. going to have to do it. So I yeah. think that's, to me, and maybe you disagree, but I think that's the misconception because people are like, oh, the Chiefs just didn't score. They're not as good. I'm like, no, like they started this, they started the game off hot, but the Ravens were not responding in any way. No. And the defense shut them out. Like, yeah. people don't under, defense wins championships. When your defense does not allow a team to score, you don't have to do much. You don't have to do much. They're so they're so used to the Chiefs having these big numbers and Patrick Mahomes. The Ravens defense <laughs> is really, really good, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think yeah. and if, if you didn't know that, they were really, really good. It's just Patrick Mahomes can extend plays better than any quarterback. And he was doing that throughout the game. It was yeah. man, I was like, bro, just tackle him. Get him. No! And then he'll get the first down, and then they'll set the, the offense back up, and they'll run the football with Isaiah. They'll run the football with him, set the tone, set the pace. They had the ball longer than the Ravens. That's that's a, a smart game plan. If our second half, we're adjusting. If my defense is stopping them, we're going to run the ball, and we're going to run the clock down. And then when we need to throw, we will throw the football. Perfect game plan. This is not – this is not – Rocket signs, ladies and gentlemen. It's football. It's a game. I totally agree. Did you have a problem? Did you have a problem before the game when with Travis Kelsey and Justin Sucker and yes, uh, yes, (laughs) yes, I did. That was if if I was one of his teammates, if I was Justin Tucker, one of the teammates, a finger would have been on somebody's forehead. Hey, bro, get away! Like, because that's disrespect. The kickers are already out there beforehand. Before anybody else gets out there, the kickers are they're already there. Set it up. And y'all going to throw his stuff and none of your teammates help you? Girl, bully. Bully mode. The Chiefs were in the Ravens' head from the jump, man. That's what, man. That's where I saw the difference. And, and honestly, I mean, that, a little, little bit of that was unfair. But I also was like, man, they are bullying you guys from the jump. Yeah. They're just like, hey, we're just in your head. We're at, we're at your home. We don't care. And, I'm, and I, I feel as though with this game, the Ravens, they just – Looked like they it was the first time they'd ever been there. You know, it, yeah. it just it just almost felt as though like early from the jump, because I, I had picked the Ravens. I was like, man, that Ravens offense is overwhelming. I was like, yes. I think everybody had the Ravens. Yeah. But the Chiefs just looked comfortable and like, hey, we we've been here before. And they almost embraced yeah. that road dog mentality. Yeah, and they overthought it. That's what yeah. the Ravens did. The defense did. The defense played great football. Oh, for yeah. The Ravens. The, the, commendable. It was the offense. Yeah. Number one, top five. 
and running and you don't run the ball, you pass it 83% of the time, and when the score is super close, that's he wouldn't be my OC next year. That's how bad it was. He would not be my OC. I'll find a new one. And he was supposed to be better than the, the pass OC. And hey, and Lamar, he did win, did win MVP, second, second MVP, 27, but I know he won he would have. I, I know that have been here. That's the thing. It's just like you get I know that's a bittersweet award for award for him because it's just like, man, I should be in Vegas right now. I, I really should be playing the football. Absolutely. Absolutely. It should be. <laughs> it should be the Ravens and the Lions. It oh, should be Lions, the Ravens and the Lions. That's another story. Talk about two teams that just, <laughs> they just blew it. They just blew it. <laughs> um, and, and get into now, like, which team should be the favorite. Um, it's interesting because <laughs> in totality, man, in totality, I, I know, like, you're looking at me crazy. Yeah. Because. Absolutely. I had to, okay, so Savon has Savon. <laughs> I've got Wellington's Y zone, man. Wellington's Y zone. <laughs> Wellington's Y zone is here now. It's here now. It's here. Because you know, <laughs> Wellington's, Wellington's Y zone is here. Because here's the thing, man. I want to go with who I've been rolling with all year, but I got to use logic. I just got to use logic, man. And I and I just I just think in this game. Steve Spagnolia and the way he he runs that defense and what Chris Jones can do, at some point, man, they're gonna make this like this crazy turnover. I I just feel it. <laughs> I, I I feel it. I feel it coming late because I got it twenty four to twenty. But when you look at this game overall, who who to, who to you should be the favorite? 49ers. Okay. You know why? Because of Brock Purdy, baby. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's not the reason. That's, that's not the reason. <laughs> that, that's not the reason. I think. If they get in a shootout match, I think the 49ers have a better OC. And I know a lot of people love Andy Reid, but I think Kyle Shanahan will go down as one of the best OCs ever. And I think his play call is going to be so crisp that Brock Purdy has no choice but to throw like three touchdowns. They will get George Kittle started. They will, they will, they will stop the running game with Isaiah. They have to rely on Travis Kelsey, which he at the end he's going to get gassed. And I think the 49ers is going to get their first Super Bowl in a while. Are you comfortable? Are you comfortable three weeks in a row betting against the Chiefs? You picked Buffalo, picked the Ravens. Now you're picking the 49ers. Three, three weeks in a row. I didn't pick the Buffalo, did I? Yes, you. Say I, I picked Buffalo. <laughs> you said, "Well, listen, I think I think this is Buffalo's year. I think they got KC. K- oh yeah, yeah, yeah. KC this time, so Again, gotta, Buffalo got in their own way. That's what I'm saying. The Ravens All these got teams in their own get in their own way. <laughs> but the 49ers, we saw, will not do that. we saw what happened in 2020. We saw what happened in 2020. 49 49ers, had to lead. yeah, yeah. 49ers <laughs> had to lead, but I don't think that happens again. I think now they know what they play against. It's a similar team, similar players, similar styles. I think they understand the moment. I think Cal Shanahan coaches a phenomenal game of offense. The defense steps up. It's going to be a high-scoring game. It's not going to be a low-scoring game. It's going to be a high-scoring game. It's going to be like uh, the 49ers and the Lions game. It's going to get there. It's going to get there. Because if George Kittle gets – if they get George started early, oh, my goodness, it's going to be a long game for the Chiefs. That's how bad – I think George Kittle is a better tight end than Travis Kelsey. I've said this several times, but 
Travis Kelsey is so designed into the 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 scheme where he's only the only one really he gets majority of the play calling. George Kittle's on a on a team with some monsters, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel. I, you, like there's a lot of people that he has to share the the game plan with. But if he was the solo guy, boy, George Kittle would be the monster. He's still a monster with three, four other guys. With three other guys. Yeah. Yeah. So I think if they get him started and you see what happened when Chris McCaffrey was eating, but it's a difference when you now I got to worry about the tight end who can streak up the field on cover two, who's a mismatch in cover three, cover zero, cover one, man, it don't matter. He's such a mismatch. They're not giving him the ball. Okay, cool. We can focus on this. And they were doing those things. And they need to get George Kittle started early. If they do that, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good one. That's just me. You got a score? You got a particular score? You thinking? Ooh. Come down to a kicker. 34-31. That is a high scoring game. It's, it's gonna be there. Score. It's gotta be there. It's gotta be. With these two offenses. Even though defense is playing good, these are two good OCs. I think Kyle Shanahan is a better OC. Just as me. I didn't want to rhyme right there, but I did. <laughs> you did. So did. <laughs> no, I think I think Kyle Shanahan is the better OC, and I think he's going to have such a great game plan against his chief defense. They're not going to know what hit him. And they're going to be zeroing in on Debo and Christian, and they're going to forget about George Kittle because he hasn't been present since the Green Bay Packers game. And that's the difference, I think. I mean, this is a tight. This is a tight contest. Either way you put it, yeah, um, it's it's it's, gonna it's, be a good it's, one. it's really going to go down. And I do, but I do think with with Andy Reid in a bye week, I don't, I don't, I don't know if he if he has like a close to undefeated record, but in a bye week, Andy Reid is like their their offensive game plan after a full week off is like really really tough to top. But those two OCs are both masterminds, and I think Kyle Shanahan, he's like he's been knocking at the door. Yeah. year after year it's it's time for him to grab you know what i mean him, he's man. been knocking at the door year yeah. after year so what do you think is going to be the um if if the 49ers win what do you think is going to be this like do you think shanahan's going to be kind of like bolted up in like kind of that all-time top tier list of, of ocs for sure yeah for sure he's he's coached every type of quarterback you can think of for robin griffin to Kirk cousins to brock purdy to jimmy garoppolo yeah. to matt ryan he's had Every in every style of running back as well, but that system that he implements and then put on his dad implemented, and now he put it on steroids and just no, had it now as an octopus. It has so many levels to this to the, the to the offense. I mean, if he gets one, I think I think people will be like, "Oh, he's up there with Andy Reid and all these other guys who's been great OCs." But everybody thinks about the twenty eight three with the Falcons. That's, and that's, that's, that's everybody's a tough memory to forget. <laughs> yeah, really <laughs> tough. Really, really tough. And I get it. So if he gets one, but only thing I don't want to happen is Brock Purdy be put into this elite quarterback status. And I understand it wasn't his fault that he got into this array of of talent, but we're not going to put him in that status when he's adopted this array of talent. And I know I heard you guys talk about oh, so he made a couple big plays. He's supposed to. He extended those about? plays, though. He extended those he's plays. He's supposed though, man. to. That's why he's a starting <laughs> quarterback, because he can extend plays. 
Wait, that's, that's such his, a that's different. His, that's such that's a different. A big, that's his biggest, bro. Come on now. That's his but, biggest upside is in extended plays. If he stayed yeah. in the pocket, we would not have this conversation. Garoppolo. He would speak Garoppolo. That's why he's a better version than Garoppolo. No, he's not a he's, better version. He is. Jimmy Wait, didn't want to that. extend plays. Jimmy didn't want extend plays because that's he is a pot. He wanted to be a pocket passer, right? And he missed deep throws <laughs> that Emmanuel Sanders throwing the Super Bowl. Like that was on him. They would have won. They would have beaten the Chiefs that year in 2020 if he had made that throw. Like that's, I'll give that's, you that. that's where it, that's where it comes. I think if, if Brock Purdy had to make that throw, he would he would make it. You know, but but he hasn't Garoppolo. had to make that throw because he has so many array of to. talent around him. Yeah, <laughs> you just get a ball to Christian <laughs> <laughs> or a slant to Debo or we're not. If he was a Super Bowl, we're not putting him in elite quarterback status. Absolutely not. And I think people well, will start doing that. If he does, though, Cam Newton owes an apology. I expect no, apology. no, he does not. He does not owe him an apology <laughs> because I've seen quarterbacks, quarterbacks who had less than him do exactly what he's doing and not get the same praise. Remember, remember Tannehill when he first got it, we first come out of Texas A&M with the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Lights out. No number one receiver, really. No really running back. But was playing lights out. Numbers were crazy. Didn't get the praise. I got 10 more quarterbacks, but we all know we got the time for it. But that's what I'm saying. Why are we giving Brock <laughs> Purdy the same that that type of praise this early in his career when he's adopted into a family that already had dogs? I don't get it. And I know there's a lot of people saying y'all need to stop. I'm not taking anything from him, but I'm just saying there's certain criteria that we give certain other quarterbacks that they have to meet. But we gave Brock Purdy this little step ladder. Like, yeah, Brock's the game changer. Brock's the elite quarterback. And he has a step ladder. But we give other quarterbacks this long stairwell to heaven <laughs> just to get to this elite quarterback status. It's insane. That's what all I'm saying. I'm not taking anything for Brock Purdy. What he has overcome for being the last pick in the draft and being the starting quarterback of this type of team. That that's no small feat, but we're not going to put him in a realm where he doesn't belong just yet. We can't do it. We can't do it. And a lot of people are doing it because of, of the talent he has. We expect that from a quarterback who's adopted that. Well, just me in, in particular, I expect that. <laughs> like, what do you think on, about, bro. what do you think about the, if, you know, if the Chiefs win and Mahomes has three at 28 and what, what do you think about the whole goal conversation between because obviously he has a lot more years to, to play. Yeah. But what do you think about the comparison between him and Brady and what he what he possibly has to do to eventually maybe get to that that status? I hate this comparison, right? Because two different two different journeys, two different style of quarterbacks. And it's Tom a better Brady, comparison than LeBron and MJ. It's a better one than LeBron and MJ because they actually I think that's a better one because the resume Mahomes is at a pretty 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 fast fast clip right now. Similar. It's uh, yeah okay I'll give you that. I mean they actually played during the same time. Same, I think like yeah, LeBron I mean, and MJ is like come on. Yeah. They played like I, okay, twice. Okay, 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 I'll give you that. Tell in other career. I mean I'm a Super Bowl and yeah. um AFC championship. But I would say this two journeys, two different journeys. Obviously Tom Brady had to sit yeah. and Patrick Mahomes came into a situation where like I told you, Andy Reid didn't believe in him. There was another guy who who wanted him and then hounded Andy Reid for 
a whole season to like, okay, let's draft this guy. And I don't think anybody understood what he was going to come into and, and, and blossom into. But I think if Tom Brady had the same allotted time to be a starter, then I would be comfortable saying, hey, this, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be a better, I think he's the, 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 the GOAT status of quarterback. But just, just given the season, I need to have Patrick a little longer. Because yeah, of, this, of the of the journey of Tom Brady. But don't get it wrong, though. There's only one person who's ever came close to the status of Tom Brady, and it's the guy who we're talking about. I think eventually, if he stays healthy and he stays with the same team, for sure, he'll be the, he'll be the greatest quarterback oh, yeah. that ever played football. What he's doing this six years into his career, six AFC championships. I mean, it's just it's an incredible run, man. I don't need it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> like, Nobody <laughs> knew this guy was Nobody knew be this. this good. <laughs> That's insane to be able to do that. What's and, um yeah, keep oh, going. And I think he for for the first time this year, he showed how great he was. This wide receiver core he's had. I, trusting Mark has bowed at Scantlin multiple times. Again. Again. I thought he was going to drop it. I, I thought so. so I, was like, I, I was like, ain't no way you catch that. No way you catch that. He got it. I was like, that's what's up, man. I miss Valdez Scantley. Um, But, man, yeah, he showed it this year. With that wide receiver core and them mismatching running backs and Isaiah finally get it. Yeah, I think he, and he definitely said, He said throughout the year, hey, we're going to – this offense is going to figure it out. And I, at some point I was like, I don't I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> it, it, the, the, the more and more you kept seeing these drops, but he just kept trusting – receivers and it, and it happened but man we got to talk about what do you think usher is going to start off with for <laughs> let it burn no, I'm joking. <laughs> nah, he gotta bring he gotta start with yeah he has to he honestly has to either or that's the first yeah. or close out with yeah you Ooh, know what yeah, i mean he's gonna bring ludicrous and little bring, out there yeah Ooh, that's interesting now you got me thinking or is he gonna do the um the, oh my god <laughs> oh <laughs> maybe like the middle part of the show he could do that he got to start with something slow, like yeah. he probably on a piano or some roller skates or something, rollerblades. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to think about that. He got so much. He's got, he got like, a he's got great such catalog a of music. Catalog. He's got such a stat catalog that it's like, where could he go wrong? But at the same point, I think it's got to be a build up. It's like you start off with something slow, yeah, and then you just build up the tempo. Because um, he got so much. He's you got remind so me of a. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. If I was there, I'd start with yeah, just to get the crowd pumped up. Yeah. And to bring Ludacris and uh Lejana. He's definitely gonna bring out Ludacris. <laughs> I hope so. That'd be dope. Yeah, he's gonna put on a show, man. Like, and he just released the album. We gotta review his album next week. Just released an album. <clears throat> just released an album. Oh, was, perfect timing, huh? Perfect Super time. Bowl. I was like, wow, oh, <laughs> what a coincidence. Super Bowl. <laughs> Here's an album for you guys. And this is a double question. What time does Super Bowl come on? <laughs> <laughs> 530. 530. Okay. 530, man. That's such a weird time. But honestly, the day after the Super Bowl should be a national holiday. It should be, man. It should be a national holiday. Because people, they're so hungry. They're so hungry. They're so hungry. They're like, oh, man, I go back to school. I got to go back to work. Bro, that's valid, bro. That's valid. It should be be a holiday. (laughs) That's funny. I've never thought about that. It should be a national holiday. The question we don't ask is the last question I ask: The Chiefs win. Is, is Kelsey uh-huh. going to get down on one knee? 
have a top three moment season from Hayes. Oh my Hayes. goodness. He could get on all he get on his stomach for all I care, bro. I really don't <laughs> care, bro. <laughs> I re- at this point, bro, this has been the most drawn out thing. Worse than uh the guy who got injured last year for the Bills, who almost died. DeMar Hamlin. DeMar Hamlin. This has been the most drawn out thing more than that. Because the NFL loves to draw out things, especially CBS. Oh, my goodness. CBS was, oh, my God. CBS has a contract with her. But I'm tired of seeing it. But if he does, he I thought, saw a quote saying that he's, I'm glad you came in my life. I knew you were my wife or something. Is that true? Was that a true statement? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that was true. And I just saw it on Facebook scrolling. I was like, oh, my goodness. Get out of here. And uh, I don't think he proposed because it's only been, what, eight months? Yeah, I, I don't see that happening. I know the Swifties it's are tuned been, in. I know the Swifties are It's been a whole season, be. Willis. Yeah, it's been eight years. <laughs> and my thing is this. My thing is this. The How much How much they, like, I know people say they're upset and, and they're, they're annoyed by it. But how, how long are they actually cutting off her? It's like three to four seconds and they tune right back in. It's not like they're just showing her the entire time by having a whole sideline game. I'm like. Bro, they're they're in a relationship. Let, well, listen, let, let them let them. No be. other <laughs> player's wife, girlfriend is shown this much. Hey, what do we do when Spike Lee is shown on the sideline at the Knicks game? Are we like Spike? If they show Spike one more time, they show it's celebrities. Spike on the, Lee. <laughs> they show celebrities on the sideline. He's side. a staple. He's he's been doing this for years. Wellington. Come on, I know you're not. I know you're not trying to have some correlation. No, I'm not. Oh no, no, I'm, okay. oh no, no, no. I was. That's what it seemed I would never like. Do that. I would never do that. You'll never get when tired Aisha of Curry or when Aisha Curry was showed all the time. You know, at Steph's game, but that was like actually a couple. This one is like more so like she's a celebrity. She's the biggest artist in the world. You know, yes. and we're getting publicity off her. Aisha Curry has been there for years, and they show her periodically over the years. Do they show her now? Absolutely oh, not. No. So this has been redundant to this say eclipsed, the least. This eclipsed Jessica Simpson and Tony Romo, man. This that was worse. Hey, guys, if you're complaining that about this, worse. look back at it. That, the was same in, that thing. Was, that was in it was Dallas. the same thing. Oh, my goodness. It just, it just clicked, bro. That was a, the exact same thing. And Taylor doing. just announced that, she, that she's releasing an album in April, so... Man, she's using all this publicity to just. I mean, she's she's she's, she's like the music industry boogeyman. Nobody wants to drop when she drops, bro. She's like everybody is like, yo, Taylor. It may not be my cup of tea, but we're stepping out the way when she drops. <laughs> Guess who won't be listening? <laughs> <laughs> hey, but I'm gonna tell you what. I'm gonna tell you what though. Last thing, man. We've been on this too long. Last thing I'm gonna say though. <laughs> we've been on this topic. Too. Last thing I'm gonna say though. I was talking with, about it with a few other guys and Tyler, and they said, "Man, if she, if she, they break up. That breakup album is gonna yes. be a classic. That's gonna be a classic. exactly. It's gonna be called Trap. Was... It's gonna be a certified classic <laughs> in all caps. <laughs> Bro, that's so funny. During the Super Bowl, that's what we were talking about. We was like, man, when they break up. It's going, it's going to be, be a box. That album it's is going to be insane. Be 87 songs. <laughs> it's going to be a double disc. It's going to be a double disc. <laughs> She's going to have a song. It's going to make her yeah. life after death. <laughs> no, it's crazy, man. It's going to go triple platinum. Too. Triple platinum instantly. <laughs> I knew he didn't love her. Oh, my God. 
They're worse than the Beehive. No, actually, no, 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 no. Hey, man. Nothing's worse than the Beehive. Nothing's worse than the Beehive. Oh, no, not at all. Nothing's worse than the Beehive. Oh, my gosh. So we're the barbs. We're the barbs. It's just worse. Get worse every time you just mention one. It's just worse. Um, and not just into the NBA with kind of NBA trade trade deadline takeaways. Um, some of the notable moves: Patrick Beverly he goes to the Bucks. On um, yeah. the Suns, they get Royce O'Neal. PJ Washington goes to Dallas from Charlotte. Um, and obviously, Bogdanovich, uh, Alec Burks to the Knicks. The, the Knicks, man, they are really climbing up. Man, they are they are looking really good. I know they have, they have Julius Randle out, but man, Jalen Brunson has had a phenomenal season. In terms of point guards for New York, they're trying to they're they're re, revitalizing that position for them. Yeah. He's looking phenomenal this year. To you, what were there any trade deadline takeaways that stood out, or were there teams that didn't make a move that you thought should have made a move? Um, I like Pat to the Celtics, not Celtics. I mean uh, the, to the, um, uh, Bucks. the the Bucks. Yeah. I love that. Stephen Adams to the Rockets. I really like. Oh, that's a good move, man. That's a good, move. really good move. Um, there was it was another one. Uh, shoot, where is it? Oh, I like Robin Lopez to the Kings. I think he still got some juice juice left. Um, there was there was one more I was looking at, and I was like, they let him go. <laughs> what what are y'all doing? Y'all let him go? Oh yeah, Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder and Thaddeus Young oh, for yeah. Spencer Dinwiddie. I was like, Dennis Schroeder is a bucket. And then Thaddeus Young has been a buck. I was like, y'all let them two go to, but I like what the Nets are doing too. The Nets are trying to rebuild low key. Yeah. And I always thought they were gonna, they were never gonna deal away Spencer Dinwiddie because he's been so consistent for them. Um, but they got rid of him. So I was like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, I didn't think that they, was gonna happen. Yeah. They were really <laughs> serious about this move. But the one, the biggest takeaway, obviously, in my eyes, was Patrick going to 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 the Bucks. It's like, man, that's what they need. They need and that. then I think I don't know because Dame. I think Dame should go to the two. To be honest with you, I don't know. I, I just I think Dame just go to the two because he doesn't looks comfortable. In They're the still really in an experimental phase with that team. That yeah. team is just not settled yet. One in five. Well, now I think it's one in six now. With <laughs> with Mr. Doc, Mr. Mr. Scratchy voice. <laughs> I was like, hey. I kind of was happy that he got a job with with coaching because I was like, I don't want to hear him commentating. <laughs> I want to hear Mark Jackson again. No, yes, bro. I hate bro, they I broke Mark up that Jackson. trio, man. <laughs> I was but, glad uh, Gundy was oh, out, though. Stop. Man. Stop saying that. I cannot believe you oh, don't so, like Van Gundy. Uh, he, he's, he's, one, he's a troll. Two, he's just a big crybaby. Bro, you wasn't that great of a coach. Shut up. Your brother was better. And he was a better player than you. So shut up. <laughs> bro, shut up. He just complains all the time. And, bro, him and Mark used to go at it. Like, on a, cause he was like, bro, just stop crying. It was just good chemistry on, on, on the mic, though. It was just good chemistry on the mic. It's like he, they had known each other for years, though, even before that. But that yeah. trio to me will just never be eclipsed, bro. Like, Mike Breen is obviously the great, the great commentator that we've had for so many years. But yeah, yeah. I thought he was going to retire. It, I thought he was too. I thought he was too. Cause he's, it's a lot must- of announcers. Bang! That's him, right? Yes. Yes. He said he was going to retire five years ago. <laughs> He's not stopping anytime soon. He's not stopping yeah. anytime soon. That I'm going to tell you what, though. And the TNT days with Marv Albert, bro. Oh, Marv yeah. Albert yeah, 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 yeah. Always, like, when he ended, man, that was that was a rough one. 
It's him. It was like him, Chris Webber, and Steve Kerr at one point. Is he in the Hall of Fame yet? I'm not sure if he is yet, though. Hmm. I gotta look that up. I like I, I like JJ. Now that we're just talking about announcer, I like JJ Reddick and Richard Jefferson commentating. No, games. I think they're good. Yeah. I think they're a good duo. Yeah, Richard's funny, and JJ just has that insight, Analytical. that knowledge of the game. Yeah, yeah he's, he has a high IQ of the game. Yeah, I like him. It's it's we, we talked about this. There's certain players that transition from the sport to commentating to communications well, to media yeah. are really they transition really well. Those two are really those two. Um, I'm not start liking Draymond. I think Draymond needs to stop doing his podcast. <laughs> uh, Do you like Patrick yeah. Beverly's podcast? Sometimes, sure, sometimes, sometimes. Yeah, I, I, I think I still go funny. with like I still go with JJ's podcast, Old Man and the Three. Gil's yeah. Arena, Gil's Arena. I like Gil. Um, I like Gil's podcast because Gil, he'll push the envelope, and then he'll have like everybody, different people on there, and they'll be going at it. Like I Carmelo, like that. Carmelo started a podcast with. Um, yeah, Think that was Euro. dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that one. Uh, I definitely don't like Jeff Teague's them podcast. Oh, I cannot stand that show. Oh my Why goodness. Jeez, who you know, like this? the biggest, the biggest insult is when is when you say somebody, hey, that's our, when you bring up a certain podcast, you're like, yeah, I just, I just keep scrolling whenever I skip them. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> I don't even like want to see what they're talking. About. Absolutely, because I, I sat there one time, understand. like, like, what are y'all talking about? Like this, <laughs> we're talking about Michael Jackson and Drake, and this, I was like, this why barbershop are talk, bro. <laughs> like this ain't podcast. This is a podcast. Like he said, like he said something about man, like um, I wanted to do a podcast like Joe Budden's, and I was like. You can't replicate a Joe Budden podcast because Joe Budden has a different certain niche that he's looking for and people expect from him. They're not expecting that from you. Like No, absolutely not. You can they be inspired expect, by somebody, but just don't try to like replicate them. They expect you to talk about sports since you was a point guard in the NBA. <laughs> yeah. Why are you doing other topics outside of <laughs> sports, bro? That's not your this angle. Guy, man. This is all over the place. What is it? A talk show host now? <laughs> bro. Like I, I hate I sat there for five minutes and listened to a clip. <laughs> you wasted I was time. Like, really wasted some brain cells here. Literally, this is my face. Like, what is y'all talking about? <laughs> talk about basketball. Go talk about. I basketball. do want to say like- another podcast is really good to listen to. Numbers on the board with Kenny Beachum, Pierre. It's like four four young got four young uh, guys, and they. I don't think I heard of that one. Yeah, they just got signed at Omaha Productions from Peyton Manning. Um, oh, it's dope. So, yeah, so they got a big, big update. Wait, Omaha Productions? Yeah, <laughs> Omaha Productions. I'm telling you, man, Mark Hitch. <laughs> freaking, freaking. It's going to be Savon's Corner Productions once I... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't create that. <laughs> Again, Wellington has created Listeners, these can just you can just pick which one you like, Savon's Corner or Wellington's Wide Zone. I know y'all going to say Savon's Corner, but Wellington's Wide Zone is like... Wellington's you know, Wide Zone has zone just is- been created, <laughs> and he's been doing these, these solo videos. I'm so proud of him. But the the second video I watched is him going against the 49ers you, that he's been with. I was like, with. Well, it's, what are you Yes! Doing? <laughs> I couldn't wait to get on the podcast. I was like, bro, what is this guy doing? <laughs> advocating for the 49ers his own season. Like, what's going on? Um, Talking about the Chiefs. <laughs> and now getting to, to Joel Embiid and, and his time away. Earlier this week, it was announced that um he's undergoing a procedure to address a meniscus injury. He's expected to miss an extended period, but a more precise timeline isn't expected until the doctors kind of complete the procedure. But 
it's so tough with him in Philly because he was just looking incredible MVP like this entire um, beginning of the season um, yeah. up to this point. And now they don't really even know when he's going to come back. Um, obviously, Tyrese Maxey's going to have to step up more. He's He's been on a scoring burst, had to sit out for a couple of games. But when you look at this injury for them, like wh- how should they treat this? Because I've heard some people say like, hey, just wait till the beginning of the postseason. But you don't want to fall down too much in the standings and kind of be behind the eight ball. So, one, meniscus is not that bad. I don't know if, if anybody knows about knee injuries, ACL, MCL, those are those are the, the, the bad boys. Meniscus is it's all right. Like you can return quickly from that. And I think that's what the timetable is, possibly postseason. Yeah. But I don't think they have anybody on their roster who can step up any. I know you said Maxi, but I mean he can't carry this man, no, I'm not saying he can't, he can't carry. No, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if anybody would step up, it would be Maxi or possibly um the guy they traded eons ago. Tobias Harris. Yes, Tobias Harris Tobias has Harris not paid it out. <laughs> yeah. No, he's not. Like, now, like, <laughs> these past couple of years, like, Tobias, bro. Because he came from the Clippers. Yeah. And I'm like, Tobias, e- Tobias was eating with the Clippers. So I understood why they traded for him into some other picks. Right. And he just hasn't panned out. It's So Maxie's the, the guy who had to step up. But this guy was averaging 39 points a game. None of those guys can do that. Joel Embiid was the front runner for the MVP. This is the first year I was convinced Joel Embiid was a good, not a good, a great basketball player. Right. Elevated, elevated sense. Elevated sense. And then I saw LeBron James talking about it, how everybody was like, oh, he should play. And then look at him. He's he's injured now. But it's going to be a tough transition for them to to withstand where they are. I think they're going to drop to to have to play in the end. Play in the <laughs> That would be a great situation. You're like bro. top two, but bro, like that's the thirty-five season points. is left. A lot of season is left, <laughs> bro. Thirty-five points a game, eleven rebounds, and bro, come on, who can do that? You can't replicate that, bro. Not Have on that team. Seen, I, need to, I need to do like <laughs> I need to do like some research on like has a team started like first or second in the East and like falling all the way down to the end in seasons, bro. That would be a crazy like fall off, bro. It's possible. <laughs> the process. When is process gonna be finished? I'm glad they don't say that no more. They just like they just you know said, what? let's just stop saying that. <laughs> you know, we need to that's not our MO anymore. Man, definitely not. We, we, we all we always said like 97%, 98% loading, loading. We're like, okay, this is this is done. This is done. The computer, turn off the computers. It's not <laughs> <laughs> Just unplug. You don't have to just unplug it. <laughs> don't even shut it down properly. Just unplug it and walk out the room. That's crazy. Um, and, and another thing with this, though, the conversation of who's going to be the leading MVP candidate now that Embiid is away, I think it's been another conversation brought up. But I think Jokic has to be in, in that mix, man, because like he's been consistent. He's been leading them, leading the team, keeping them afloat when, yep. when Jamal Murray was out. Now Jamal Murray's back. They had that um that close win against the Lakers a, a, a few days ago, and He's just stacking triple double performances. I think every year, yeah. I think especially after that championship win, there's just a different feel that a player has because he was obviously already a really, really good player. Now it's just like, hey, I got that championship experience. I can elevate. I can be confident, even more confident. He already was. Right. Uh, to you, who should be kind of the leading at the beginning now? Jokic, for sure. Before it was, it was, um, Joe B went down. Obviously, it yeah. was 
was him. He was a front runner. He was just, I mean, averaging 35 points a game. Let me, let me, you can't beat that, man. And then now that he's down, Doncic has came into the picture. I think looking good. Jason Tatum is Shay. Shay Shay is another one. I think he's number two in the race right now. Yes. Jokic is number one. And I think if Jason Tatum can have an incredible uh Credible after after the All Star, I think he can sneak up there too because he's playing really well. But right now is Jokic, twenty fifth triple double uh, to beat Philadelphia uh, on Saturday. I mean, it's 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 looking it's looking beautiful. It's looking beautiful, Jokic. I I'm starting to become a fan of Jokic. Uh oh. Uh oh. Sound the alarms. <laughs> I'm still not a fan of the the best duo since. I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, I'm not a fan because where's Jamal Murray? Jamal Murray. But Jokic, he plays the game so old school, and I love love it because he doesn't look to shoot first. Never. So he gets the ball. Where's everybody at? Where's everybody at? Oh, (laughs) shot clock. And then he just throws it up and just. And it goes in. Like Like that that game winner he had had against Golden State a couple months ago. That was crazy, man. Bro, I was like, bro. You almost did like a step imitation at Golden State. Yes. I was like, bro, how does he make these? And everybody just looks around like, bro, how you make that, bro? Like, you dashi. You like riding horses. Like, why are you here? Got the bus cut. (laughs) Got the bus cut. Everything is like slow pace. He does everything slow pace. But it looks like, bro, it's crazy. His his pace is a killer. Him and Doncic, pace is similar. And you just, sometimes you overplay, you underplay it, trying to time their release, time their moves. And it's just like. Bro, watching, watching clothes dry. <laughs> it's almost like <laughs> just like bro, dribble like shakes up. He's Something. not fast at all. But it, it works with him. the um with the sixty five because th- there's this new thing. You know, um, Tyree Taliburton and he had some comments about it. But the sixty five game threshold. You know, like the players, if you're going to be a considered for the MVP, you have to play at least 65 games. Like, what if, what if you thought about that? Because obviously the NBA wants more players to play games. They they want to, if you want to be in that MVP ranking, they're like, now, hey, you really got to meet that threshold. You can't miss too many games or you're just going to be out of the mix. Absolutely not, bro. That's kind of crazy. That's no, what? <laughs> Come on, man. 65 Don't do games. That. Don't do I that. 63. No, no, no. <laughs> nah, it's 82 games in the season. You play, you got to play 65, bro. That doesn't even, that doesn't even make, make sense. sense. That's just, that does just not make up. sense. Do not mess things up. I know your ratings, again, your ratings is not what they used to be. And then you did this in season tournament. Now you're saying the MVP at the, no. Bro, MVP is the best player no matter how many games they played. Right. It doesn't matter. And I, I, I get I get the argument like, well, if I played 70 games and my average was this light and he only played this game because his average is higher than me because he played less games, your average should be higher than his because you're playing more games. Exactly. So, yeah, I don't like that. Don't do not do that. 65-game threshold, I don't do that. You already took load, load management away. I, I agree with that one. Yeah. Obviously, you, you know, you don't want players sitting out, blah, blah, blah. But then you throw this in-season tournament. Now you got to figure out how to sustain that every single year. If you're going to do it every single year, now you're putting more pressure on yourself. That's just such now, a r- ridiculous rule. Like, it's just kind of yeah. like, <laughs> the, the season is already too long. The season is they already implemented too- that already? Yeah, it's already implemented. 
Wow. Yeah. So a lot of players who have like already there who are playing phenomenally well and might miss that won't be even in the MVP consideration. Wow. <laughs> and so <laughs> he just he just got resigned in the uh the commissioner. Yep. To another so a ten year another another decade contract. So yeah, now so. he's just like, hey, implemented you know <laughs> rules implemented now. <laughs> you know what? Let's do it. Well, what do you got? <laughs> you got to eat nachos before every game. Like just just throwing out stupid. Hey, stuff, what are you eating? Bro. What are you eating? Hey, what what's, you eating? what's in that packet? <laughs> yeah, it better be play. nachos. <laughs> better be nachos. I need you pooping at halftime. Like, bro? <laughs> just throwing out anything, man. Uh, another thing before we move on, what did you think about the the Kobe uh, statue that they unveiled a, cu- a couple of days ago? Because I know Vanessa Bryant was there. They unveiled it. Um, and obviously, it was a very sentimental moment. Um, right, some, yeah. some people were wondering, like, hey, like, should it be a different look of Kobe, you know, a different um, capture, you know, a, 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 a capture moment of him? But what did you kind of think about it and just, you know, the unveiling of it? Well, it, his, Vanessa did say that he chose the statue. I get it why he chose it. Obviously, obviously he had a monster game against Toronto, throwing one up, whatever. I thought it should have been a different statue. I think so too. I thought it should have been a different statue. I don't want to step on what they did, but I just but I no, would've, I would've this kind is, of, you know. This is why we're in this business. Well, it's yeah. give our opinions. It should have been a different statue. And obviously it's it's sentimental because Kobe himself picked it out, and I'm pretty sure they were gearing up to do this before he passed away, anyways. Right. But I think Somebody should have told him, hey, Kobe, you need to pick another statue. Maybe you crossing over, maybe you dunking something. I mean I was expecting something more epic. I was expecting something yeah. really more epic. And that just kind of was like underwhelming. Shoot. Yeah, it was definitely with him just, you know, standing with the one up. It was everything else lined up perfectly. They did it on the the date, you know, 2824. They had everything pushed out and then when the confetti dropped and it was just him standing with the one in his and I was like oh man it's cool but Kobe you've been playing the game for a long time five NBA championships there's more I read it would have had this like him like we used to always do this like Mike that wouldn't have been a better pose or I don't know maybe we're overthinking it but I thought it should have been a better pose for sure definitely um, and now moving on to thoughts on kind of Juju Watkins' performances and the hype surrounding her. Um, Juju. 18 games with, with USC, she's averaging 27 points, three assists, and two steals. Mm-hmm. Recently had a 51-point performance against Stanford, and she's also topped um, Cheryl Miller's freshman record of 39 points in a single game. And, man, she is uh, uh, just a knockdown scorer, super consistent, um, gives a lot of high-level performances, and, and is a super flashy player. Like, to you, what, what have you thought about what she's done? Obviously, topping Cheryl Miller, that is just a huge accomplishment mm-hmm. within and of itself and now she's just really rising the ranks and usc is so dependent on what she does and in that kind of the output that she's going to put out every every game i think she's finally figuring out she's she has to take things in her own hands and she's she's bringing out that killer mentality and i've seen that over because when she first started playing 
She's like, she was like playing team basketball, passing it, making sure her teammates get into the mix. Now she's just taking over the games. This is yeah. why she was highly recruited. This is why she was one of the, the best recruits coming out of high school when she went to USC. Like now we're starting seeing that killer mentality. Her getting 51 points. She just had 31 points the, the previous game they won. Um, so I'm seeing more of the aggression. And I think that's where we're missing out of Bronny. And I hate to, I cross-reference them because they're both at USC. And Bronny's still playing team basketball instead of playing takeover basketball. Yeah. And now you see what Juju's doing, and Bronny is still here. So I'm waiting for Bronny to take over and be the dog. I think he could be that dog. And Gil say this all the time. Like, I've seen him turn it on, but he's still trying to play team basketball, unselfish basketball. I was like, nah, bro, you got to play dog. And that's what Juju's doing. Obviously, she's still playing team basketball, but she's having that killer effect. She can finish at the rim. She can create her own shot. She's a facilitator. She checks all the boxes. But that killer mentality is what she was missing in the beginning of the season. Now we see it. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's that's such a good point with Bronny because I do think Bronny is like, he's just trying to play within the team system and not yeah. like branch out of that. He's just being like, hey, like, let me just follow with, with the coach, you know, and, and that, and to a certain point, that's good. But like, <laughs> hey, if you really want to like take over and be that. And also the Austin Rivers thing, what Austin Rivers said recently about, about that and, and, and Steven then, Jackson Steven Jackson got on got on to him about because I was like I see what Austin Rivers is saying because it's like does Bronny want that pressure instantly having to play with his dad his like first year you know what I mean because it's like like that that to me is not saying that he he wouldn't love doing that but also man like you're instantly coming in with expectations of being in your dad's footsteps who's one of the greatest players ever top two right and now you're having to just like already adjust to the NBA and also adjust with it with your dad being on your team. I think that's a that's a tough. I don't know what you think about it, but I think that's a tough like adjustment going right into the NBA and then having that as well. He's good. He's he's been having that since he was got to high school. So this feeling should be nothing new. Obviously, collegiate and NBA level are two different two different realms. I, we, we get that, but the the pressure, the 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 media, all those things are already heavy evident. For Bronny in college. So him transitioning to the NBA, it would not be any different. If anything, it will be better because I have my dad who's going to be at every game, who's going to teach me the ropes. Then I have an NBA coach who's going to teach me the ropes. I have these players that are going to accept me easier that my dad is here and I'm <laughs> LeBron James' son so if you, it's all about perspective. With, Doc, with 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 Rivers, man, everybody expected you to be so good when you came out to college. You did not, you did not exceed expectations. Hey, let's and not it wasn't sleep on, your dad. Let's not sleep on Austin Rivers. That the high school and college player Austin Rivers, man, amazing. Come on, that dude was incredible. Steven Jackson was saying, "Man, you were never as good as Brian." I was like. He was never good as Bronny. What are you talking no, about? No, that's, that's that's crazy. crazy that's bro. insane. Austin, that's what I'm. That's what I'm disagreeing with. What? He was Austin a killer. Was a he was a dog, killer. bro. And he used to he used to play one on one with the Celtics. Mm-hmm. If you hear the stories with KG, he was like, man, he was killing Paul Pierce. He was killing uh, Perkins. He was like, man, let me had get a game right. Winner man. in North Carolina had a in yes, North bro. Carolina. Austin like, Rivers was a dog, but it's hard to translate that to the NBA. NBA. It wasn't your dad. Tough. It wasn't your dad, sir. It wasn't because your dad was a head coach or whatever. You just didn't pan out. 
You've Let's been go, with Hop. Let's go, Austin. Let's go. Come on, team basketball. <laughs> Stay within the game. <laughs> I dislike you right now. <laughs> that was so funny and improv. Like, bro, I did not improv to you. <laughs> oh, you got me snorting. <laughs> anyway. I'm a chill. I'm a chill. Say my <laughs> it wasn't because of your dad. Bro, bro pulled out the impression. <laughs> it been Phil Jackson sound the same. <laughs> they really do. Phil, Phil Jackson had that scratchy voice. He had the same voice. <laughs> That's funny, man. I did not expect you to do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Wallace gets in his modes where he just... He just, just goes in it. It's so funny. It. <laughs> and most of the time, he's so serious. He just, you know, you know, puts the, you know, yeah, yeah going. But wait, sometimes when, I got to get says, unhinged. unhinged. Yes, I like when you unhinged. It's so funny. It is extremely funny. It's extremely We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the show, and now we're getting to our album reviews. And start off with the first one, Benny the Butcher's Everybody Can't Go. I'm in his latest album, and you know, one which was a major label debut. He displays the duality and the pitfalls of having you know status in the rap game. Uh, there's introspection, kind of certain tracks, subtle elements, and he addresses the three cornerstones and the Griselda records. Um, and it's interesting, this album, man, like I, rem- I remember that we uh, reviewed his his last single, um, mm-hmm. or the single before Braun, Big Dog with um, with Wayne. We kind yes, of mentioned, yes, you know, yes. the, the alchemist produce, produce, producer element of it because half of it was Hit Boy produced, the other half was um, the alchemist. Um, right. And the first half I kind of liked more than the second half. The second half got a little teetered off a little bit, but I think he started the album off strong. Um, I, I like this project. Um, I still am waiting for him to like get back to that burden of proof level that he did. Yeah. I think that album yeah. was just. Man, I don't skip a track with that with that song. I know it was, it was in a different time. It was twelve yeah. songs, but it was a different time. Sometimes you can't really compare artists. But overall, I thought it was a dope album. I think, um, obviously, Hit Boy and Alchemist. That's a great production set to have. Mm-hmm. I think Alchemist had the best produced track. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get to which one I think was the best produced track. But <laughs> Alchemist, man, he's just he's just undefeated. He's different, um, man. To, to you, what did you, what were your initial thoughts on this album and how it was put together? The exact same thing. Weirdly, um, I thought the first half was was strong, and then the yeah. second half. It got even with the with Jada Kiss and Babyface Ray and all those guys. I'm thinking like oh, I was a little disappointed with that one. That was gonna be better, but the first half really he started off. I'm like, okay, Benny, okay, all right, and then it just hmm, maybe you should have switched up the song. Maybe you should have spaced it out a little more because you gave us gold. And I then think it was sequencing. Me, I think it was kind of sequencing, man. I think this could have been a better project with sequence, but I, there were certain you didn't think it there flowed? was some. I don't think the second half did. No. I don't think the second half did. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> the first Absolutely. half, man, I was just like, bro, we are he we're locked in. The first half, I, I thought, man, like he's starting off strong. The second half, um, I don't know. Did you think sequencing was an issue overall on this album? Yeah, for sure. It didn't flow. Like it was just him trying to get some off his chest. Um I mean, I like the name of Everybody Can't Go. I love I love that name for it. And then I feel like he adhered to the genre, not the genre, but like the, the 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 status of the name, everybody can go, and then after it's just like, 
it just went off, went off into the deep end. And I really thought the pillow talk and slander was going to be a better track than what it was. Because when you yeah. see Jadakiss, obviously, I mean, Jadakiss is such a great Expectations rapper. are through the roof. And then Babyface Ray is starting to become, I'm starting to like him more and more. And it just, like it Baby just Face. didn't hit. It just didn't hit as much as I wanted to. But it maybe it was the hook. I don't know. Yeah, it just it just didn't hit. But no, I do think the sequences the sequence could have been better. It could have flowed better. Maybe even an interlude. Maybe maybe a skit. Maybe just the beats entangled with each other that it flows through like Drake does all the time. Here we go. Why did I always got to mention him? <laughs> hey, this we do but it to true. ourselves. We do it to ourselves though. But, but it's true. <laughs> it's, it is true though. Drake's sequences that, that, one of the best ever, bro. Just is man. His beats just go into each other, go into one another. It's just like float, man. Even yeah. even for the albums that like are not his best, and I, and here we go talking about him again. He knows how to just sequence albums. <laughs> he just <laughs> does, man. It's just, just crazy. I was just like, man, like this this flows together. You know, That's obviously what's... Noel and Forty, they're they're masters at at kind of. Advising yep. him because his his team is just a one. Just he just has so many great great people around him, and I think that's another reason why he's been able to sustain. Because obviously you have the talent, but you have to have people around you like, hey, I think this should do this. Boom! That's why he gives everybody so much credit because yeah. it's just not him doing all this stuff. I think Noel is underrated, man. Noel is so underrated, bro. It's crazy. Obviously, we know 40. 40's one of the GOATs, man. He's another GOAT producer. Him being able to implement, I think it's either the water sound or it's, I forgot what sound he does because Drake, he used that to use underwater. It. I'm going to tell yes. you, though. I'm going to tell yes. you, though. Um, in Wick Man for Scary Hours 3, the Wick, yes. the, the, the four track, that that was an incredible underwater mm-hmm. song that Alchemist did. Mm-hmm. I was like, I love that song. That's one of my, mm-hmm. I mean, I can't really, there's, there's so many good tracks on Scary Hours 3, but Wick Man, man, that was, <laughs> that was an incredible, that was an incredible, nah, I always yeah. wanted an Alchemist and Drake song, and that was, that was yeah, great. That was amazing. I'm glad they got teamed up together, because it's, it's two other artists I want to team up. I want him to team up with Joey Bade. I think that would be a, a phenomenal project, because Joey is so versatile, he can rap, he liked those boom paps anyways, and then it's one other artist. I want him to team up with that I can't remember right now. But Joey Bada is one of the, the number ones I want him to team up with. Yeah, TM, TMBTL. This track right here. Like that. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> and then and bro, there's two different B switches. <laughs> it's crazy, bro. I wonder how long it takes him to 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 create him to a masterclass like show something or just you know yes yes oh my goodness I would literally want to just start producing and I will look at that masterclass I wonder yeah. why nobody approached him they approached Lupe Fiasco mm-hmm. I wonder why they approached the Alchemist that's interesting I would definitely watch that and pay for it oh yeah <laughs> I pay for that I'm paying. <laughs> Um, and now, and now moving on to, to Hit Boy and the Alchemist Theodore and Andre. I pro- hey, I promise, listeners, we're not going to talk about the Alchemist the entire episode, but he released the <laughs> EP as well. Um, but in this EP, you know, the chemistry bet- between the two artists as they as their bars go along really well with the blend of their production styles was was really done at a at a high clip. Um, what did you think about this EP? And also, 
just when producers can also rap as well. Because I think this is probably one of those those joints where they're like, hey, man, like we got these beats. Certain artists don't want them. Let's just rap over them and like, you know, put it together. You know what, man? And we talked about this with, um, I forgot Joe. his name. He was, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. He was supposed to be, well, he was, It'll whatever. Be. He'll be on next week. <laughs> but man, when I first, the other project we, um, we reviewed him, I was like, please rap, please rap. And then Alchemist started flowing. I was like, man, you've been holding this in this entire, I never knew the Alchemist could rap. I honestly didn't. I honestly did not, man. This, I think he's, he's getting more comfortable. That's why he's some more. Yeah, I think he's getting more. And I hope Action Bronson and all these guys are telling him, like, bro, yeah, you need to release more more music of you rapping. I enjoyed it. Obviously, it's three yes. songs. It's something, I, you know, I replayed it a couple times just to get a feel for it. I didn't know Hit Boy, Hit Boy rapped either. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, but then you look at his catalog, the boy rap all the time. <laughs> yeah. I didn't sure. know it. Because I'm oblivious. Because when I think of Hit Boy, I'm just thinking of he's one of a great producer. Who, who who does um, amazing things, but them together, I thought was really dope. I would want a longer project, maybe ten songs. That's what I was gonna say, man. I think it's just time. I think it's time for a more expansive project. I think it is. Yeah. It's like just I would just like to hear what a ten song album of them would, would even be like. You know, um, just hear the concept. Or just, yeah, the how, concept. I think they you know have the producer is gonna be crazy. Yeah, the production gonna be crazy. How it sequences. I want to see if they. Yeah. I would love this because be there's not many <laughs> producers who, I mean, you got Russ. Russ produced and makes his beats sometimes and does all this stuff in sequences and whatever, whatever. But predominantly, you never see producers do this, which is which is a, a nice touch. Now I want to search for all the producers who actually rap now, and then you know categorize them from their projects. I think that would be really dope. But I am ready for a longer project. Nothing over ten songs, though. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't want that. Because I don't think they're ready for that big of a, a stage. I don't want the other ten songs. They can Just, produce that for artists, but them actually doing it, that would be. Uh, that would that's be different. a different. Because then you got to figure out hooks. You got to. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of stuff that goes into to this stuff. I don't think they're ready for that yet. Or <laughs> 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 a project. Hey, it's all right. <laughs> Um, and now get into our next review, Joey Baddies, uh, Passports in uh, Suitcases featuring KC. Um, in this new single, it has um, a subtle allure and is extremely smooth production that is complemented by laid back raps from Joey. And it's just really a slow jam. Um, this this is a, a song that's just really, uh, really grown on me over time. I think um, Joey knows how to be in different pockets. That laid back feel of his, I think, um, is something that that he can delve into and it, and it works for him. This is This will probably, single song, album song, Probably album, probably yeah. album song. Definitely <laughs> you know? album so, song. <laughs> so I think I think it's just one that it's not it's not it's not that um it doesn't pop off as a single, but I think mm-hmm. this one can work better in a project. Uh, how did how did you kind of feel about this one? Same. I thought I thought it was an album song. I love the vibe of it because I saw one of his. I think he did it probably two years ago. He was doing live music. He was actually singing and all that stuff. I was like, okay, he got a, he got a tune over there, Joey. Yeah. But I I think I think this was a, a definitely a great vibe. Definitely not something I would have released uh, by itself. Really? Just, I don't think I would have released this by itself. I think this is, like we said, an album song. So I think he should have kept yeah. it on. I don't know if he's gearing up to drop an album or not, but 
I think actually he I did say he, he did he did say that he's he dropping early in the year. I think he should have kept this as just surprise, surprise. I think he has another song. And then once we review that album, I think we should pick what I, no, I think we should do that, bro. Like starting, like if somebody we review an album, we should pick what their single should have been. Oh yeah, we gotta do that. Cause hey, yeah. like for another new topic that we added, if you were this artist yeah. AR, what would you tell yeah. them? Like, so if you're Joey's AR for this. What would, what would you have kind of like walked through? Like, what would you have, would you have been like, hey man, like, let's just save this for the album time, you know, just yeah. get something more, you know, more of a hit? I think, I mean, not even more of a hit, but I think the past couple songs he has dropped, I think this wasn't not even similar to what he's dropped previously. Oh no. I think with the vibe of it, if I'm gearing up to drop an album and I want to get people excited about the album, this is not the song, Joey, to, to, to drop. I don't think you should drop this song. Obviously, you, you're hell-bent on it, but I don't think you should drop it. I think you should drop more a of an up-tempo track. For sure. Um, but yeah, I, I, just, I just don't like this as a single. I don't. I don't like it. It's not a bad song, but like you said earlier, I think it will flow better and have a, a more be more impactful if it's on the, the project. Yeah. And people hear it with other tracks. Definitely, man. And, and that's just the thing. It's got that laid back feel to it. That just isn't what a single song, <laughs> a single song is. So I mean, like, no. like but I, but I think it's gonna work great in the album. Um, I think it it'll be. If I had to give a prediction, I think it would be like track six or track seven. Um, I think it'll be track six or track seven. I can see that happen. If, yeah. If, I think he might actually. This might be a lower tempo album for him if he's doing something like this i i, I just sometimes singles are that way because like if you look at at what drake did with slime you out that was the start of a slow tempo in the album because you know then he had you know uh bahama promises tried our best he, he really went that was the lead off to a slow start in the album so i think he this might be a slow stretch for the album for him excellent point wellington what's your <laughs> corner again brother wellington's y zone I don't I have been that's waiting for weeks to create my own topic. I, I came up with Save On's Corner literally during the episode. Yeah. yeah guys, this wasn't even off top. This was literally yeah, in the episode. I just said off. it in the <laughs> like what? Save Oz, what? Um, and now getting into our next review of Naomi Sharon's Nothing Sweeter. Um, coming off of her debut album, Obsidian, this single shows her commitment to kind of storytelling in a genre defending, defining sound. Um, I have been listening to her album, Obsidian, like nonstop, because that is, to me, one of the best albums of last year. It doesn't get talked about enough. That is such an incredible debut so album. So good. And I don't like Sade. But this, man, this had a, a nice tune to it. Um yeah. It, she just has this incredible voice, man. Incredible, like soothing voice, and I think this this worked a, really along well with what she does as a singer. To you, kind of, kind of, how did you feel about this track and um, what she's been doing recently? Because she's she's been on a run. Beautiful, man. Oh, so uh, when you when you had it on the thing, I was like, wait, she dropped something already. She just dropped the album. She just should be eating off this album. But um, I love when artists do the uh, the color show. Acoustic, yeah, yeah, I love that, and I love the acoustics. I really enjoy this track. It's like, it's bubbly. Then it has that, I don't know. It has a different, it takes you through a lot of emotions. And I heard Pen 
I'm starting to enjoy her pen more and more. It's really good. And I see why she got signed with OVO. But now nah, she has a bright, bright, bright future. And she's in that neo soul. So we don't really have that many neo soul artists that are like main, 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 mainstream. And her sign of the OVO, I think, will, you know, catapult her to to the main, main, mainstream. And I think a lot of people are going to start witnessing how great she is and understanding how great she is. So, yeah, man, I really enjoyed it. Just got saved for sure. And I'm still listening to the album, too. And that's the song I was thinking of. Yes, bro. That's my joint, bro. I love that track. That's my joint, bro. I love that track. How, how, how long how long will it be before we see the they the name we share an interlude on the next Drake album? <laughs> hey, that's a good question. Possibly really soon. Because you know really he, soon. he was majid, Jordan. Yeah. He she was closed party. within that realm. She yeah, that realm. so yeah. I definitely think she's gonna be on the next album. Have to be. Before we move on though, man, the Grammys, it was a it was a lot of things that happened with the Grammys. Um, Killer Mike wins wins um, rap album of the year. We talked about you can't, that. You can't tell me. You cannot. <laughs> that man was acting like it was a Sunday morning. I have watched that clip so many times. He did the spin around. <laughs> <laughs> no, for you real. Can't tell me. <laughs> and then gets arrested. <laughs> yes, bro. I don't even. Why did he get arrested? From from what I'm hearing, he, he like uh um they said he like a he got in an altercation with a security guard or something. He was try, trying to get past him. They kind of got into an altercation, then that's what happened for it. I mean, he's he's obviously out now, but that right. was such a he's random, on, yeah, a random because I because I, I see he like sweeps, you know, sweeps the sweeps the award category, and then a few minutes later gets arrested. And I was just like, he was literally walking out with handcuffs. I was like, what? Right, what? and I think he was on Ti's show. He was like, "Man, yep. that's my that's 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 what I do. I get arrested after the war." <laughs> He's like, "You bro. don't do that." <laughs> that's funny, man. But um, I, I'm happy for him, though. I'm happy for sure. Doing. Tracy Chapman performed "Fast Car." That track, "Fast Car," bro, is like I always heard the tune "Fast Car," that country song, but I mm-hmm. never knew it was Tracy Chapman. Um, oh, SZA performed. Sissa performed two tracks. Kill yeah, Bill. I saw her. Yeah, um, she did. What's the other though. song? Snooze. Um, yeah, she should have won. She should have won album of the year. I'm just gonna say that. Should have won. Who album. won album of the year for Taylor Swift? Midnight. <laughs> Swifties. <laughs> that that might need to be the thumbnail. Just your face like that. <laughs> bro, really, bro? Taylor Swift. SOS, which is a classic. That album's a classic, man. That whole it's just, album. It's, 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 it's all, almost incredible, man. If we putting songs versus songs, she loses she every everyone. song. Why did okay? This is why I don't watch the Grammys. <laughs> and also, Jay Z said, "Hey, I got to tell y'all the fact that my wife has not won album of the year once. Y'all are nuts." <laughs> Think about that. The most Grammys never won album of the year. That doesn't work. You know, some of you. Some of you gonna go home tonight and feel like you've been robbed. Some of you may get robbed. <laughs> Some of you don't belong in the category. <laughs> oh, no, 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 when I get nervous, I tell the truth. He got up there and just, and just, and just yeah, let it be known. She does not need album of the year. I, I know that, but he's also, you know, you know how like 
we've we've heard artists say like even Will Smith back in '89 said we're boycotting the Grammys. This isn't a fair award show. Um, Drake had the, had that speech 2019, and now now Jay Z like so many times these artists have been trying to say like hey like this award show is not for us, and it's only for like hey the Taylor Swift not you know not to over mention her but the Taylor Swift winning over SZA. They know who they want to pick. Even that year, that year Adele won over Beyonce. Adele's like, hey, this is your award, Beyonce. This is not, I should not have beaten you. Like she, you know, Kanye, he had the speech, you know, about Beyonce, you know, when he interrupts Taylor Swift. Like there's so many moments. Like, like, what do you think about artists saying that? And also just the fact that, hey, this is what it is. It's just the reality of the award show. It's an opinion, you know, it, it's it's opinion based and that's how they're just going to keep keep running it. Yeah, you can you can voice your concerns. They're gonna they're not gonna they're gonna listen. So why continue to participate? You want now, them? I want to say this: Dr. Dre invite he 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 like Jay, the only reason Jay Z was there because of Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre like it was an it was an award that 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 um like a honorary award, mm. um, humanitarian type thing. And since Dr. Dre performed the Super Bowl that Jay Z's running, it was more so. Hey, if I do your thing. You come to my thing. That was the only reason Jay Z was there. Because if mm. Dr. Dre wasn't, Jay Z would not have been there. Everybody wants a Grammy, but they know what happens with the Grammys, and you want their validation and approval, but you want them to change. Like you got to pick one. That's true. You got to pick one, especially as black artists. I mean, they've been doing this for forever. I mean, you look at the Oscars. They you know, it took how many years for a black black person to win an Oscar? And they're finally coming and they think the grant the Grammys is not gonna do that. No. They're they're not gonna change at all. They may let you perform, yeah, of course. But like like when I saw G Easy, I think it was G Easy, went over like Jay-Z, Eminem, all these other guys, Kendrick Lamar, I think it was there. And G Easy won Macklemore. Or when Macklemore won in twenty thirteen over Kendrick and Drake. Iggy Azalea? Yeah. (laughs) Iggy Azalea? Bro, that's how I knew it was. (laughs) That's crazy. That's his damn man. And then Taylor Swift (laughs) beats out SZA, who had one of the hottest albums ever. That we have ever heard. She should thank the NFL. <laughs> NFL, I thank you. <laughs> she should. Because she was relevant on TV. Obviously, she has her fans. But a lot of people didn't listen to Taylor Swift until... You know what I mean? SZA had one of the greatest albums from top to bottom. Versatility, everything. She had even songs Taylor Swift was swinging on that. Hey, that's sure. crazy, bro. Versatility and but but this isn't this is this just how they word the word show is. This is um, America. Yep. <laughs> I'm just gonna be the same. <laughs> Yo, Yay and Ty Dolla Sign they officially dropped Vultures earlier this morning. It's only on Apple Music though, so you can hear it. And I'm a, I'm a since I'm a Spotify user, I'm gonna pray that it's like released tomorrow. But if not, I'm gonna have to do like a free subscription just so I can hear the album. So we can, I'm just gonna do a free subscription thing just so I can hear the album. But bro, what is up with what is up with Kanye doing? Kanye always I does something that. different where it's just like, oh, like the album's fully out on Apple Music, Spotify, you're left out. 
I think with this project though, because I heard the um, heard the song that he did the the once again, um, with with his his daughter being, yeah, whatever. Why? Why? I just yeah, cover art, man. Cover arts these days, bro. That's that's what we're doing. Sorry, viewers. Well, we had to. I had to show that ignorance. <laughs> That's crazy. I'm gonna listen to it. I didn't know he dropped it, but I'm gonna listen he dropped to it. it. He dropped it. So Savon's corner would get the first listen for it. And, I, <laughs> and, if, and if, if it's not out tomorrow, it's not out tomorrow. Kanye, bro, this is this is my birthday, bro. Like, let me hear it. I want to hear a full. I want to hear a full album. I gotta wait till that the next day. <laughs> bro, this is this is just ridiculous. So, do you have any expectations for before you even press press play on it? What are you What are you expecting? I, I know there's gonna be some joints on there. Um, I'm expecting it to not suck, and I was gonna wait to the end to mention your birthday, you know. But you already said your birthday, it will be at the end, brother. All right, sorry. <laughs> uh, but no, I expect it not to suck. <laughs> but you know, some of the tracks that I did hear here, like with uh, Future, those are dope. But the one he sampled, um, the in sync or the Backstreet Boys, or whatever. I wasn't really oh, so. Get that out of here. Yeah, I know it's going to be <laughs> produced pretty well. Yeah, I know Todd Dollarson is really good on hooks, so I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be good. And it's how many songs? Sixteen. I want to say yeah, sixteen songs. So it's not That's too bad. Not bad. That's actually not bad, not bad at all. So I kind of got. I thought it was going to be forty. <laughs> Todd Dollarson. Featuring Ty Dallas, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. That's that was great insane. marketing. That's great marketing, but the album really we know was not good. You are the king of features. We know features you go crazy on. Let's stick you with are that. new T Pain, sir. Yeah, but sixteen songs though. I I like that. That's that's a good range. That's definitely a good. Good range. freaking range. Um, and I'm I'm hoping doesn't. It's not bad. I'm hoping it's good. I'm hoping for sure. Um, and now getting into our, to our last review of MF Doom's Mad Villainy, kind of a throwback review. In this album from 2004, it was such a cohesive narrative that tells a story in every song. It's got top of top of the line production, one of the best lyrical rap albums we've had in um, forward thinking content. Um, looking at this project, man, it, it's so crazy how the how versatile MF Doom was, mm-hmm. and also you got Mad Lib in it. You got so many so many gems of production wise, and obviously lyrically, he was just ahead of his time, he kind of transcended what we thought of lyricism at the point. And now we look back at it and be like, man, this guy was one of the best we've ever had. Like to you looking at this album years later, what did you kind of think about it and, and how it still holds up today? Man, he's so slept though. And and now just revisiting his music, I see why most Del said what he said. He was like, man, you put mo- you put Matt uh, MF Doom against Lil Wayne, he'll kill him. And then you start quoting MF Doom in his style. And then I was like, I don't know about that, bro. And then listening to this, I'm like, okay. Because he used to, you got to think about what he's saying. It's like battle rap sometimes. Like his his if his style was like battle rap, because you'll say something in battle rap and you got a, mm, oh, yeah. that's fire. Okay. Him and Kier's one, it's the same type, same type of style. Like, Here's one to say something you got to really think about. Like, but I thought his man 
first of all, he was a great producer. Like he's he's in that now because he produced first and then he was the rapper. So he's he'll be definitely top five of producers rapping for sure. Cause his definitely. producing, he used to take this. tracks, and I'm like, how did you get that out of that? Yeah. Bro, where's your brain? Like, how do you do that? That's that's an insane, incredible how you can take this little snippet yeah. of this track. Like and just be crazy, bro. So like like him just experiencing the music, because I never went back. Like the last time I listened to his music was when he died. And oh, I went back and revisited. I was like, damn, man, this is hard. And then now you put it on there. I was like, and then I saw what Yans and Bay said, aka most deaf. I was like, yeah, yeah. He he ain't he ain't far off. He's not He's far not. off. He's not He's far off. Not, yeah. This this was like I wish I was in this era, like rapping, because these the beats that he produced on this on this one, I'm like, bro, I wish I had those, bro. We can't find nothing like that anymore. There's replications, but there's nothing like this to rap on consistently. I mean, Alchemist is probably the closest, maybe, but Alchemist don't got none on MF Doom. That's in my opinion. I think M of Doom is in a just because I hear Alchemist create some things, but there was literally TikToks of MF Doom taking snippets, like little small snippets, probably like five, 10 seconds, and making them a whole song and then making them hits. Alchemist. Oh, good. Okay. Raid, bro. You not hear that? <laughs> and then on first glance, you like, bro, he over on the top. That's no, bro, I'm just saying, listen, man. just listen to the music, bro. Don't just listen to what he's saying first of all, because he's yeah, speaking hot. Yeah, take it all. It's a lot because the production is going to take you from the lyrics. But you want to stay and constantly have one the beat in your left ear and the lyrics and what he's saying in the right ear and just conjoin them in your head and just think about it. Close your eyes if you have to. And I know you're saying like that's a lot just to listen to music, but this is purest music. This is this is hip hop. This if you really like hip hop, you say you like hip hop. This is what hip hop was. You know now sure. it's, we they taking it somewhere I don't even know anymore. But yeah, man, you gotta really like listen. I that's you got, what you got Yachty, you got Lil Yachty um remixing Feel It in the Air and making it a drill beat. <laughs> <laughs> he getting on my nerves. And y'all talking about listening to his last album. Uh no, thank you. You and Reese. You and I do Reese. like that album. I do like that oh album. Oh my that's, goodness. That's, that's a nice album. I do like that. Okay, album. <laughs> I don't know what you want from me anymore. Well, it's his wise zone. Well, it's his wise. <laughs> <laughs> See, now he's gonna start. He's not wise, ladies and gentlemen. No, <laughs> the, the last thing, I, last thing I'll say before before we go. There's two beefs that are currently going on in hip hop: Nicki, Meg, oh Lotto, and Ice Spice. All women. <laughs> We're taking over. We're taking over. We had our we had our Drake Meek Mill Drake push the time. Now is their time. <laughs> it's their time. Oh, yeah. it's just the time of the month, man. The That's time. all that is. <laughs> <laughs> the top of the book. That's all it is, man. But the last, but, no. but my question is: with the diss track, the songs, the music has to be good. The music has to be good. It can't just be yes. one of those, just like 
oh, let me just let me just bar up. You got to actually have a good song as well. Yeah, because that's the that's where that the that's where it really hits the mark. Because a yeah. diss track not only has to just be like, oh man, they're they're flowing really well. It's like nah, like this is a dope song. It's a high level song, and they're meeting the mark of, of of what they're putting out for a diss. And I hate to no, I'm not gonna bring Drake out. So you think of Tupac, even though he got help writing it. First of all, remember that that was how many years ago? And you look at um, uh, you look at Ice Cube's No Vaseline. Oh, Ice Cube is so underrated, bro. I was listening to America's I Most Wanted. Did. Yes, bro. Yes, bro. He was the one of those styles you got to listen to as well because he's rapping West Coast style. We might do a throwback review of America's Most Wanted. For the next I episode. like that. I like that. Would be a that'll be a good idea. West Coast. That'll be a good West. Yeah. yeah. That's that wild sure. zone. Yeah. <laughs> nah, but you know, even back to back, you know, excuse me, bad to back. Even everybody, I'm charged up. Was that I'm honestly was an up. underrated diss. Like people like yes. sleep on that one because I know he came with the, the heavy, the, the hard hitting one for the next one. But charged up was a dope, was a dope start off, start off point. Even the other one he did, it was it was a diss track, but it wasn't a diss track. Um, uh, when he talked about uh, no, he talked about Barack Obama and he talked about Meek Mill. They don't want me to have a bigger house than Kanye, but I got a bigger cool than Kanye. Summer 16. Yeah, Summer 16. 16. I still listen to that too. That's a t- crazy track, bro. Um, I'm out here looking for revenge. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking for revenge. Oh, Summer, Summer 16. 16. Bro, <laughs> yes. You, crazy. It's got to be a song that people remember. It's got to be catchy. It's got to yeah. be catchy. And these, these diss tracks I've been hearing, I'm like, all right, y'all, this could have been an email. <laughs> This could have been a Twitter post. Oh, no, I'm sorry. X post. X. <laughs> yeah, X going to give it to you. Um, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, it's whatever. I was a, I was a villain. And why? I do think, I do think Meg had the better. Ice, ice spices. A lot of can flow. Lotto is a beautiful young lady, so by the way. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I can't look at her. I, I, I honestly can't. Like, I can't even like criticize. It's hard for me to criticize you when I actually <laughs> see you. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh. Um, so Got the country not. accent. <laughs> yeah. You know, she, and then I spice look like a gremlin. You could do, I don't like a. Sorry. Do, do what you do. Do what you do with the bars. Yeah. Okay. But no, I did hear some few bars for Megan. Megan nah, had Meg a few bars. bars. I got bars. Um, Nikki's and then, was underwhelming. She just was. Yeah. She, she, she's kind of getting past her time in terms of certain certain things like that. It's just Megan. Why just kinda, are you still rapping? I don't get her. You have nothing. The last album was super prove. successful. Yes. The last album was super successful, high charting. Just coast you, off of that and just tour. Yeah. You are. You don't need the, it. Don't try to hang with the young. Why? You know, you are the best female rapper ever to ever do it. Sick Shut that. up. Enjoy retirement. Get you some businesses. <laughs> Leave it alone. Like, you don't have nothing to prove. Let Meg, silence. let Lotto, let these girls. They will never be on your level. Yeah, yeah. It's, but, but now it's their time. Let them run it and just. Go out, go out like gracefully. That's my thing. Go yeah. out gracefully. You know what I mean? Excellent point. Go out gracefully. You have nothing to prove. They'll never be on your, your level. What you've done and overcome. Like people didn't think you were gonna be who you were. No. So yeah, so yeah, beat just beat the odds. I I don't like her voice anymore, but I cannot sit here and say she's not the best female rapper ever. 
She is. Lyrically, yeah, hooks, um, numbers, whatever you want, sex appeal before she got inflated on her booty. Like, <laughs> she is the best female rapper ever. Hands down. Savon's Corner down. stamped it. Savon's <laughs> Corner stamped it. Savon's Corner would like to say happy birthday to Triple OG. Well, no, Wello, everybody. Wello. Wellington. Hello. Look at, <laughs> Look my, at my ass. ass like. Like. Y'all, don't, y'all don't know about that. Y'all don't know about Wello. that. Hello. Hello. <laughs> nah, man. Happy birthday, bro. We've been doing this for 50 years now, man. 50, man. It has, 50. Yeah, it's been a joy. It's been a joy, man. From all the internet failures. Google, Google the- Hangouts. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> we started in person at the church on the iPhone. Yo, man, we come a long way, man. Hey, the lost files of Full Scope, man, are so hilarious. I was Bro. recording in the car once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why your mom and sister were in the car? That's dedication. That's how, dedi- that's how dedicated we are to this, man. We're not new to this. We're true to this. It's dedication, man. But now nah, I miss you. Appreciate it, it man. Guy. Thank you. Best host ever. Hands <laughs> down. Oh, there he closes it out, man. This guy knows how to close out a podcast. <laughs> well, everybody, enjoy the Super Bowl. Root for whoever you want to root for. And don't, don't hate on Taylor Swift. Don't hate on Taylor Swift. Don't hate on Taylor Swift. Swift. <laughs> They're in love. <laughs> that wraps up for today. I'm Coach One Person. I'm kind of say about Morris. This has been Full Scope. See you later.